Chapter 20 of The Quest of the Historical Jesus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Quest of the Historical Jesus by Albert Schweitzer. Translated by William Montgomery. Chapter 20 Results. Those who are fond of talking about negative theology can find their account here. There is nothing more negative than the result of the critical study of the life of Jesus. The Jesus of Nazareth, who came forward publicly as the Messiah, who preached the ethic of the kingdom of God, who founded the kingdom of heaven upon earth, and died to give his work its final consecration, never had any existence. He is a figure designed by rationalism, endowed with life by liberalism, and clothed by modern theology in an historical garb. This image has not been destroyed from without. It has fallen to pieces, cleft and disintegrated, by the concrete historical problems which came to the surface one after another, and in spite of all the artifice, art, artificiality, and violence which was applied to them, refused to be planed down to fit the design on which the Jesus of the theology of the last hundred and thirty years had been constructed, and were no sooner covered over than they appeared again in a new form. The thoroughgoing skeptical and the thoroughgoing eschatological school have only completed the work of destruction by linking the problems into a system, and so making an end of the divide et impura of modern theology, which undertook to solve each of them separately, that is, in a less difficult form. Henceforth, it is no longer permissible to take one problem out of the series and dispose of it by itself, since the weight of the whole hangs upon each. Whatever the ultimate solution may be, the historical Jesus, of whom the criticism of the future, taking as its starting point the problems which have been recognized and admitted, will draw the portrait can never render modern theology the services which it claimed from its own half-historical, half-modern Jesus. He will be a Jesus, who was Messiah, and lived as such, either on the ground of a literary fiction of the earliest evangelist, or on the ground of a purely eschatological messianic conception. In either case, he will not be a Jesus Christ to whom the religion of the present can ascribe, according to its long-cherished custom, its own thoughts and ideas, as it did with the Jesus of its own making. Nor will he be a figure which can be made by a popular historical treatment so sympathetic and universally intelligible to the multitude. The historical Jesus will be, to our time, a stranger and an enigma. The study of the life of Jesus has had a curious history. It set out in quest of the historical Jesus, believing that when it had found him, it could bring him straight into our time as a teacher and savior. It loosed the bands by which he had been riveted for centuries to the stony rocks of ecclesiastical doctrine, and rejoiced to see life and movement coming into the figure once more, and the historical Jesus advancing, as it seemed, to meet it. But he does not stay. He passes by our time and returns to his own. What surprised and dismayed the theology of the last forty years was that, despite all forced and arbitrary interpretations, it could not keep him in our time, but had to let him go. He returned to his own time, not owing to the application of any historical ingenuity, but by the same inevitable necessity by which 
the liberated pendulum returns to its original position. The historical foundation of Christianity, as built up by rationalistic, by liberal, and by modern theology, no longer exists. But that does not mean that Christianity has lost its historical foundation. The work which historical theology thought itself bound to carry out, and which fell to pieces just as it was nearing completion, was only the brick facing of the real immovable historical foundation which is independent of any historical confirmation or justification. Jesus means something to our world because a mighty spiritual force streams forth from him and flows through our time also. This fact can neither be shaken nor confirmed by any historical discovery. It is the solid foundation of Christianity. The mistake was to suppose that Jesus could come to mean more to our time by entering into it as a man like ourselves. That is not possible. First, because such a Jesus never existed. Secondly, because, although historical knowledge can no doubt introduce greater clearness into an existing spiritual life, it cannot call spiritual life into existence. History can destroy the present. It can reconcile the present with the past, can even, to a certain extent, transport the present into the past. But to contribute to the making of the present is not given unto it. But it is impossible to overestimate the value of what German research upon the life of Jesus has accomplished. It is a uniquely great expression of sincerity, one of the most significant events in the whole mental and spiritual life of humanity. What has been done for the religious life of the present and the immediate future by scholars such as P. W. Schmidt, Bousset, Hulliker, Weinel, Wernle, and their pupil Franzen, and the others who have been called to the task of bringing to the knowledge of wider circles, in a form which is popular without being superficial, the results of religious historical study, only becomes evident when one examines the literature and social culture of the Latin nations, who have been scarcely, if at all, touched by the influence of these thinkers. And yet, the time of doubt was bound to come. We modern theologians are too proud of our historical method, too proud of our historical Jesus, too confident in our belief in the spiritual gains which our historical theology can bring to the world. The thought that we could build up by the increase of historical knowledge a new and vigorous Christianity and set free new spiritual forces rules us like a fixed idea and prevents us from seeing that the task which we have grappled with and in some measure discharged is only one of the intellectual preliminaries of the great religious task. We thought that it was for us to lead our time by a roundabout way through the historical Jesus as we understood him, in order to bring it to the Jesus who is a spiritual power in the present. This roundabout way has now been closed by genuine history. There was a danger of our thrusting ourselves between men and the Gospels, and refusing to leave the individual man alone with the sayings of Jesus. There was a danger that we should offer them a Jesus who was too small, because we had forced him into conformity with our human standards and human psychology. To see that, one need only read the lives of Jesus written since the sixties, and notice what they have made of the great imperious sayings of the Lord, 
how they have weakened down his imperative world-condemning demands upon individuals that he might not come into conflict with our ethical ideals and might tune his denial of the world to our acceptance of it many of the greatest sayings are found lying in a corner like explosive shells from which the charges have been removed no small portion of elemental religious power needed to be drawn off from his sayings to prevent them from conflicting with our system of religious world acceptance we have made jesus hold another language with our time from that which he really held in the process we ourselves have been enfeebled and we robbed our own thoughts of their vigor in order to project them back into history and make them speak to us out of the past it is nothing less than a misfortune for modern theology that it mixes history with everything and ends by being proud of the skill with which it finds its own thoughts even to its beggarly pseudo-metaphysic with which it has banished genuine speculative metaphysic from the sphere of religion in jesus and represents him as expressing them it had almost deserved the reproach he who putteth his hand to the plough and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of god it was no small matter therefore that in the course of the critical study of the life of jesus after a resistance lasting for two generations during which first one expedient was tried and then another theology was forced by genuine history to begin to doubt the artificial history with which it had thought to give new life to our christianity and to yield to the facts which as vreda strikingly said are sometimes the most radical critics of all history will force it to find a way to transcend history and to fight for the lordship and rule of jesus over this world with weapons tempered in a different forge we are experiencing what paul experienced in the very moment when we were coming nearer to the historical jesus than men had ever come before and were already stretching out our hands to draw him into our own time we have been obliged to give up the attempt and acknowledge our failure in that paradoxical saying if we have known christ after the flesh yet henceforth know we him no more and further we must be prepared to find that the historical knowledge of the personality and life of jesus will not be a help but perhaps even an offence to religion but the truth is it is not jesus as historically known but jesus as spiritually arisen within men who is significant for our time and can help it not the historical jesus but the spirit which goes forth from him and in the spirits of men strives for new influence and rule is that which overcomes the world it is not given to history to disengage that which is abiding and eternal in the being of jesus from the historical forms in which it worked itself out and to introduce it into our world as a living influence it has toiled in vain at this undertaking as a water plant is beautiful so long as it is growing in water but once torn from its roots withers and becomes unrecognizable so it is with the historical jesus when he is wrenched loose from the soil of eschatology and the attempt is made to conceive him historically as a being not subject to temporal conditions the abiding and eternal in jesus is absolutely independent of historical knowledge and can only be understood by contact with his spirit which is still at work in the world 
in proportion as we have the spirit of jesus we have the true knowledge of jesus jesus as a concrete historical personality remains a stranger to our time but his spirit which lies hidden in his words is known in simplicity and its influence is direct every saying contains in its own way the whole jesus the very strangeness and unconditionedness in which he stands before us makes it easier for individuals to find their own personal standpoint in regard to him men feared that to admit the claims of eschatology would abolish the significance of his words for our time and hence there was a feverish eagerness to discover in them any elements that might be considered not eschatologically conditioned when any sayings are found of which the wording did not absolutely imply an eschatological connection there was great jubilation these at least had been saved uninjured from the coming debacle but in reality that which is eternal in the words of jesus is due to the very fact that they are based on an eschatological world view and contain the expression of a mind for which the contemporary world with its historical and social circumstances no longer had any existence they are appropriate therefore to any world for in every world they raise the man who dares to meet their challenge and does not turn and twist them into meaninglessness above his world and his time making him inwardly free so that he is fitted to be in his own world and in his own time a simple channel for the power of jesus modern lives of jesus are too general in their scope they aim at influencing by giving a complete impression of the life of jesus a whole community but the historical jesus as he is depicted in the gospels influenced individuals by the individual word they understood him so far as it was necessary for them to understand without forming any conception of his life as a whole since this in its ultimate aims remained a mystery even for the disciples because it is thus preoccupied with the general the universal modern theology is determined to find its world accepting ethic in the teaching of jesus therein lies its weakness the world affirms itself automatically the modern spirit cannot but affirm it but why on that account abolish the conflict between modern life and the world affirming spirit which inspires it as a whole and the world negating spirit of jesus why spare the spirit of the individual man its appointed task of fighting its way through the world negation of jesus of contending with him at every step over the value of material and intellectual goods a conflict in which it may never rest for the general for the institutions of society the rule is affirmation of the world in conscious opposition to the view of jesus on the ground that the world has affirmed itself this general affirmation of the world however if it is to be christian must in the individual spirit be christianized and transfigured by the personal rejection of the world which is preached in the sayings of jesus it is only by means of the tension thus set up that religious energy can be communicated to our time there was a danger that modern theology for the sake of peace would deny the world negation in the sayings of jesus with which protestantism was out of sympathy and thus unstring the bow and make protestantism a mere sociological instead of a religious force 
there was perhaps also a danger of inward insincerity in the fact that it refused to admit to itself and others that it maintained its affirmation of the world in opposition to the sayings of jesus simply because it could not do otherwise for that reason it is a good thing that the true historical jesus should overthrow the modern jesus should rise up against the modern spirit and send upon earth not peace but a sword he was not a teacher not a casuist he was an imperious ruler it was because he was so in his inmost being that he could think of himself as the son of man that was only the temporally conditioned expression of the fact that he was an authoritative ruler the names in which men expressed their recognition of him as such messiah son of man son of god have become for us historical parables we can find no designation which expresses what he is for us he comes to us as one unknown without a name as of old by the lakeside he came to those men who knew him not he speaks to us the same word follow thou me and sets us to the tasks which he has to fulfill in our time he commands and to those who obey him whether they be wise or simple he will reveal himself in the toils the conflicts the sufferings which they shall pass through in his fellowship and as in an effable mystery they shall learn in their own experience who he is end of the quest of the historical jesus a critical study of its progress from rimaris to vreda translated from the german by william montgomery recorded for librivox by joe dickerson september 2010